SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. 11 after 7, good morning. Well, overnight, our envoy to the United Nations, Martel Gini, telling the UN that our government believes Israel is not complying with the order of the International Court of Justice that it must protect civilians in Gaza. That followed comments yesterday by our Minister of International Relations, Dr. Naledi Pandal, saying Israel is not complying with the order of the International Court of Justice. Pandal also saying the international community must now take steps to force Israel to comply and to stop its actions in Gaza. As you know, on Friday, South Africa won its application in front of the court after asking judges to issue provisional orders for Israel to protect civilians. The court did say Israel must take steps to protect civilians and must stop the incitement to genocide, but it did not order a complete ceasefire. There are many voices on this, as you know. Obed Bapella is the deputy chair of the ANC's International Relations Subcommittee, also deputy minister for public works. Deputy Minister Bapella, good morning and thank you for your time. Deputy Minister, are you there? For public enterprise. Public enterprises. You know, I checked it online a minute ago, and it's still wrong. <laughs> Deputy Minister, I apologize. Sorry about that. Okay. Thank you very much. Firstly, we know Israel is not complying with the order. As the ANC, what do you believe the rest of the world must do? I mean, particularly the United Nations. How should it respond to what seems to be Israel's defiance of this order? Well, we, we have a of Israel defying all divisions of the UN, but this one of the uh, the killings of a group uh, in Palestinians, and as the court pronounces, they must cease from doing that. And because the death in bigger numbers, children and women, higher percentage, uh, property destruction, and then also public facilities also under attack, and people pushed out of their homes to a desert to die and perish without access to water, medicine, and so forth, is the ugly picture that the world is just watching. And therefore, you can't hide continuously in the hunt for Hamas, and there's nothing wrong in hunting them, because they are the enemy of Israel. But why then kill innocent people along the way? And therefore, these atrocities and the catastrophe that we are seeing is real. And they cannot ignore it like they did with 80 other pieces of resolutions by the United Nations. Therefore, I'm calling for the UN, particularly the UN Security Council. But as you know, there's veto powers that if one member decides it's not agreeing with the outcome of the version or interpretation, misinterpretation deliberately of the, the ICJ, definitely uh, that resolution will fall off uh, in the UN Security Council. And we've been saying it reform the UN Security Council and the veto powers must go so that there's a majority view that sustains the integrity of the UN resolution. So therefore the very highest structure that we, we thought would then really come closer, uh, it's not long abiding, even just on this uh, preliminary uh, sanctions that the ICJ has uh, pronounced on, they don't want to move in that direction. And the US uh, as as always, is the one that is pending between that resolution. And therefore, what we are not trying to push everyone in the UN is for the ceasefire. And let's see if that agenda of the ceasefire, which was not pronounced by the ICJ, but these uh, uh, preliminary uh, elements are crucial. We are not undermining them. 
and uh, and then but they are not helping him because mm-hmm. that will not by Israel. Okay, Deputy Minister, there's a lot there's a lot going on here, and I'm sure you're right that the US will veto it again, and that's certainly the indication that we have from our reporter in New York overnight. Um, you say there should be changes to the United Nations. Again, really hard to argue with that. In this case, it's the United States doing something that we as South Africa don't want it to do. But for there to be reform of the United Nations would also mean that, um, I, I don't know if you would call them our allies, but let me say our BRICS partners, Russia and China, would also have to give up their vetoes. And they've said at the Santon Summit last year that they might be prepared to do that. I don't know if we can really believe them. Um isn't it the case that countries that you know we are in bricks with would also have to make major changes and agree to those changes? And I don't see the U.S. giving up its veto. And I'm sorry to say this, I don't see Russia and China doing that either. Well, there is a view and a, an opinion that is emerging within the two countries, China and and Russia. And and when we engage them, definitely they are of the view that probably that system is outdated, is old. And we need them to begin to reform and then, and then come up with a system that can work in the modern world that we're building, in the multipolar world, in the uh, multilateral or, uh, world that we also are yearning for. So that is no longer the big five uh, all the way finding their way, but then all of us collectively and also expanding the UN Security Council to include all the regions of the world, Latin America, Africa, Asia. So with that, they, they've really said, I think it's time to do so. But obviously, uh, it's still a matter for discussion. But the U.S. on this one, they should really be coming out and saying, let's agree for the implementation of the ICG preliminary uh, orders and, and and ask Israel to do so. Because Israel is the early of, of the U.S. and not be defensive as they did last night. And, uh, and then we hope, therefore, that the respect of the court, which is a UN court, by the way, uh, and, and, and then if UN in particular can really start respecting the decisions or the recommendations of its bodies, the world will go a long way in becoming a multipolar and also a multilateral world. Deputy Minister, I must ask, there have been various claims. I've not seen evidence for these claims, but let me put it to you for the record that our government did this because Iran is funding the ANC. Just for the record, is that true? No, not at all. And I think the Minister Nalidi Panda did say that uh, that is not true at all. We took an initiative because we, we ourselves uh, were under uh apartheid and you know how it is to be discriminated mm-hmm. how it is to be oppressed and so forth and and then therefore we are seeing a nation that is under occupation for so many years there's a resolution of the two-state theory uh, stage uh, solution in in that area israel is ignoring it and i think if they had implemented that two-state theory probably the two nations would be existing side by side independent but collaborating and collaborating on a number of things. And therefore, uh, it is a human rights issue. It is a humanity issue. It has nothing to do with somebody giving us money. And that money, we don't know it. And then those who have it, let them show their and demonstrate mm-hmm. it with whatever records and information that they have, not just through allegations. Because currently, as they speak, they keep saying allegations are there. Sure. Please bring the proof. 
And your relationship with Hamas as the ANC? Hamas has also killed civilians. It's holding civilians as hostages right now. What's the ANC's relationship with Hamas? We, 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 we do not have party-to-party signed relationships with Hamas. But we do talk, we do engage, we do discuss with Hamas. We are able to reach out to them, to speak to them. And we did meet them, obviously, since the attack on October 7 in Israel. We did condemn that attack. Uh, and then what we then were worried was, what is the way forward? What is the end game? We want the Palestinians to go back to the table with Israel and then to really begin to look at the two-state solution. And we had asked the question when we met them, are you still willing for a two-state solution or that's the end of it? Uh, it's a war all over. Every war ends in negotiations and every war will end up with some compromises on the table. We are of the GLDAC that the two-state uh, solution is still relevant they were told us that they no longer believe in that two-state story. Uh, however, if the Palestinian people in a referendum do decide that the two-state solution remains relevant and all liberation or resistance groups uh, will abide by the people's wish and then voices. And I think that was a relief on our side to say it is that two-state solution will still be alive, irrespective of the views of the independent resistance movement in the area, particularly Hamas. So therefore, that is what we are pushing them, uh, really to consider that particular uh, route of the renegotiations towards the two-state solution. And that passage is very key, is very important, not because we support their tactics in the environment. Oh, Deputy Minister Obed Bapelep, thank you very much indeed. Deputy Minister of Public Enterprises speaking here as the Deputy Chair of the ANC's International Relations Subcommittee with SAFM 21 after 7. Professor John Stremlau is an honorary professor of international relations at Wits University. Professor Stremlau, uh, good morning to you. Again, we have the problems of the structure of the United Nations. And again, we have calls for change, for uh, the removal of the veto from countries like the United States, but also, I mean, from uh, Russia and China, and I sort of reiterate the point, I don't know if they would give up their veto. Are we ever going to see a change, or is Israel going to be able to rely on U.S. support for a long time to come? A lifetime, are you going to see any support of, uh, of, of uh, any change in the, in the U.N.'s uh, structures, uh, Stephen? But in the meantime, the, the Palestinian uh, people, particularly those in Gaza, are suffering grievously, and I think that South Africa reemerged on the global stage by taking a moral and politically bold position at the world court. And the team that represented this country did, did it all proud. And, uh, and now the question becomes, do you get a ceasefire? And I think the ceasefire negotiations that uh, Bill Burns is leading um, with um, with with uh, the Qataris and the Egyptians can also be helped by the South African goodwill they have in the global South and with Palestinians to get a ceasefire negotiated. You've got to use the principles and the principles that that is to say the the um, uh, Israelis and the Hamas are so much at odds right now uh, that uh, I don't know how quite how you're going to bridge that gap. 
what we need to get focused on to, to, to get relief into the, the suffering Palestinians. The leader of the ANC, President Cyril Ramaphosa, said this week he believed there might be a sort of fight back by some nations against our application. And I think I think what he meant was that we would sort of be punished by the U.S. and by Western powers for taking Israel to the court. Is that going to happen? Not that I can see, Stephen, uh, and, and you're right to raise it. Um, and you are the expert on domestic politics here, and I thought your come in the in the Maverick on Sunday was extremely helpful for all of us to understand how this plays domestically. But the uh, role of the U.S., the the Congress has been highlighted in the papers here. South African actions uh, discuss the U.S. Congress. Uh, well, it, it's it's 210 members of the House of Representatives, which is dysfunctional these days. And I don't think that Biden is going to listen to that. I think the Biden has come a long way in recognizing that Bibi Netanyahu has got to go. And that is the prime minister of Israel. And Sinwar for Hamas has got to come off his his high horse for for being so intractable in the negotiations. And hopefully the Qataris and the Egyptians Friends of the Palestinians can lean on Palestinian leadership. At the same time, the U.S. lean on the Israeli leaders. And let us not lose sight of the fact that South Africa has done an enormous favor for Joe Biden taking this thing to the court because it allows him to uh, follow on in the recommendations of the court and maybe his own domestic constituencies, which are alienated from him because he has taken such a line support of Israel and the young people, the voters that are key to his re-election are, are, are um, uh, sympathetic to the Palestinians. Professor John Stremlau, thanks very much indeed. Honorary Professor of International Relations at Wits University, 25 minutes after 7.